Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, guys. Thanks for being here with me today. Guys, gals, whoever's listening. Uh, I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. This is a show about stock market investing. Uh, every day I try to cover for you on this YouTube channel information that I use in my own personal um, decision-making process. So I manage my own assets and that of other high net worth investors all through interactive brokers. Um, I've got three playlists that I'm creating for you on my channel. This particular playlist that you're cluing into right now is how to invest in the stock market. It's pretty broad. I talk about different topics. I focus on algorithms. Um, this is a live trading desk. So, you know, I'm surrounded by screens. They're all around me. Forgive me if I get distracted or the phone rings. What I want to try to get to today um, are the remarkable similarities between the market today and the market in 2016. So there's many different levels to the decisions I make when I run my personal capital. It all starts with algorithms because I believe my job, our job, is to get on the right side of probability and statistics every time we put money to work. Now, on our cannabis playlist, I talk about our favorite investment theme. And I'm going to do that again on Friday. I'm going to add to that playlist. I'm going to share with you um, um, more information that we're using to build our portfolios. But no matter how much I love an idea, the investment process starts and ends with the decision of whether or not we're on the right side of probability and statistics and whether or not the reward's worth the risk. So I'm going to go over with you today some of the tools that you can use on our website to help you make those decisions. I hope you guys are monitoring the website and my Twitter feed. All right, I put out armor alerts on Twitter, hashtag ARMR report. And I try to tell you when I'm making changes to our overall portfolios. So we have our risk monitor that's on our website for you that tells you whether or not we're risk on, whether or not we're booking gains, whether or not we're risk off. And we follow the top six indexes that drive our decision making process the Dow the S&P, the NASDAQ 100, small cap index, the IBD 50, and the momentum index. And then below that banner, if you will, on our website, below that, you're going to see our four model portfolios, okay? Conservative, balanced, aggressive, and index only, which I just started this month for you, so you guys can see how um, a portfolio can be managed with algorithms alone. All I do in that index or in that model portfolio with my own capital and anybody who wants to invest with me this way um, is I buy the S&P, the NASDAQ 100, and the small cap index. That's it. I had 200% exposure to the market at the beginning of June because we were risk on across the board. And if you've been monitoring my Twitter feed and you've been watching the website, and I try to highlight in blue for you when we're making changes. So when you go to the website, whatever's blue is whatever's recent. By the way, I'm going to start a blog post for you so you can see a log of all the changes we're making. So you can go back and see every day 
what was done in case you happen to miss something. Um, maybe I'll start that today. I'll get to that after this call for you. But the changes we've made this week are important. We've booked profits on our S&P position, but we still have a, a large chunk of that trade on. We've booked profits in our small cap position, and we have less of a position on there because it's behaving poorly. And when I say behaving poorly, this is all algorithmic based. So we're booking gains as we either hit targets or hit raise stops. All that algorithm is about, you've heard the term buy low and sell high. It's a very difficult thing to do. The algorithm helps us do it. When we get risk on across the board on the 4th, the 5th, and the 6th of June, we bought the May weakness. So we were buying low. And as the market was making new highs the end of last week, we started booking profits simply because the algorithm was hitting targets. And that target is um, algorithmically generated for every index specifically based on its volatility profile. We haven't booked any gains yet on the NASDAQ 100 position. We've raised our stop, but we're giving that more room. Um, because of its volatility profile is different than the S&P. So I hope you guys are using those tools because it's going to help you manage your own risk in your portfolio. I'm not telling you how to invest. I couldn't possibly do that. We all know that, right? I don't know you personally, so I can't tell you what to do. Um, if you want me to do that, you know, pick up the phone, call me. I'm more than happy to chat with you and we can see if a relationship together makes sense. But what you can do with these tools on the website is help manage your risk. So when we're risk on across the board, whatever that means to you, however, however much capital you want to commit, that's when you commit it. And when we start booking gains, you could do a whole host of things. You can literally book gains with us. You can book, you know, different percentages based on how aggressive or conservative you want to be. You might book no gains, but you might say, okay, if they're booking gains, if that algorithm's booking gains, then at the very least, I'm going to stop buying things, right? Don't buy things as the market's blowing out to new highs and everyone's excited. So along with all of that algorithmic statistical entry points, we try to overlay what the important fundamental factors are and, and look back through history to see are there any other periods of times where we're getting this type of behavior because it helps the human mind understand what the algorithm is telling us. Example, um, we were getting a, an aggressive risk-on opportunity at the beginning of June after a May swoon. And I know a lot of people didn't believe that risk-on signal, and a lot of people did not aggressively put capital to work. We had 200% market exposure in our index-only portfolio because of the strength of that risk-on signal. And one way, obviously I've been doing this a long time, so it's easier for me to, to execute um, following the algorithms because I, I get it. 
and it's taken it'll take time for you to get comfortable with um, that new process that millennial pro I call this the millennial stock market it's a whole new way of running money it's it's a it's it's understanding and identifying that 90% of all trades on the major exchanges are executed by algorithms. It's understanding and identifying that the Fed is driving the market. Central banks are driving the market. Everything else is noise. Nothing else matters. Okay? I don't care about Trump. I don't care about Mueller. I don't care about some ridiculous left-wing liberal you know, possible candidate. None of that has anything to do with why the market goes up and down. I almost don't even care about current earnings. Isn't that crazy? Can't believe I just said that. Shh, don't tell anybody. Right? The Investment Advisors Guild is going to kick me out for saying that. But the reason I say that is seven out of ten stocks follow the market. The market goes up when the Fed is in a um, easing mode. Easing means lowering interest rates or threatening to lower interest rates, or adding to their balance sheet, or reducing less of their balance sheet, any of these things are adding liquidity. And we have to look at central banks around the world. Okay? So if you get Europe and Japan and these other central banks flooding the world with currency, you get a market that rises. And you get a U.S. market that rises. I know that sounds strange. Who cares what the Europeans are doing? Aren't they just raising, you know, lowering interest rates and driving money into their own market? No, 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 no. Not necessarily. The much better investment for Europeans is to take that ridiculous amount of liquidity and go buy the U.S. S&P because then they get it on both ends. The European currency is dropping dramatically versus the U.S. currency. U.S. currency is going up versus European currencies. And the S&P goes up. Because of liquidity in the world. So you get it on both ends. Make no mistake, that happens aggressively. It's called the carry trade. It happens all the time. Jap Japanese have been doing it for years. So what I wanted to get to today was a picture of what the market – so it's, it, to, to give us some context of what kind of market that we're in, I like to go back over time, and, and I've noticed something – really, really similar about 2019 versus 2016. And I posted charts for you on Twitter. So take a minute. I'll give you a second. Go to at Brett Rosenthal or hashtag armor report, A-R-M-R -R report. Look at my Twitter feed. You're going to see a couple of charts. You can click on them. I'll give you a second. For those of you who are already on my Twitter feed and we're waiting for others, um, I'm going to let you know. I'm, I'm going to chat with you guys on Friday about a portfolio structure in cannabis that's a little bit unique, a little bit different than what most guys are telling you. I am not just a cheerleader of cannabis stocks. I believe we're at the beginning of an investing super cycle in cannabis, and it's going to last for decades or more. But there will be times to be aggressively long, times to be balanced, times to be short. So I'm going to share with you some thoughts on Friday of how I'm structuring different types of portfolios 
in the cannabis area. Hang on a second, guys. Hey, I got to get back to you, all right? All right. That right there, that guy right there is the mastermind behind the code writing for all of our algorithms. Let's give a shout out to Bill. Well done. Um, okay. So let's go to, um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to share my screen with you. So those of you who can't get there, I'm going to show you. Uh, let's see. You guys see that right there? Okay. What you're looking at now is a chart. I just did a little fun thing with you on Twitter, and I know you all can guess what year is what just based on the price of the S&P. But obviously, uh, this is this year, okay? So we had the collapse when the Fed was tightening. So we have a new Fed chairman in 2019. So let's go over this, guys. Let's go over what this market looks like today and what it looked like in 2016. And the similarities are going to just, I think, astound you a little bit. And it gives us some insight into what may happen going forward. So what you have here is um, Chairman Powell deciding to, who's a new chairman in 2018, decides to raise rates and reduce the Fed's balance sheet. That's a Fed tightening path. In this yellow box, you see the collapse in the market. Then what happens in this green box is the Fed changes its tune and begins an easing path. Market skyrockets in a V-shaped reversal that kept, keep, catches a lot of people off guard. Okay, now we have the China trade issue. It ratchets up here, and the market collapses in May, right to the 200-day moving average. That's that green line, and now we've started to move higher again. And we're moving higher again because the Fed came out again and said we're going to support the market no matter what, and because the European Central Bank came out. Mario Draghi and is driving interest rates towards negative interest rates in Europe. The 10-year treasury for France is negative. The same thing true for Germany. You've got negative interest rates. Let me explain what that means, guys. Okay? Let me, let me explain what that means. You gotta, we got to look at each other, okay, to understand this. Negative interest rates. For the right to buy German debt, you have to pay them. That's what a negative interest rate is. The normal world, in a normal world, pre-2008, you never saw negative interest rates to this degree. You, you buy a bond to collect the yield. Whether it's a government or a corporation or what have you, they have to pay you for the cash that you give them. That's a bond, right? Shorter term is a note. Shortest term is a bill. If the yield's negative, you're paying them to take your money. It's insanity. It's just insanity. Okay, welcome to the world we live in. Okay? What you looked at was 2016. Now, let's, let's watch. I'm going to share the, sh the screen again. Check this out. Okay? That's 20, 2018, 2019. 
Remember that pattern and now go look at this chart. Wow. Wow, it's almost identical. It's almost identical. Right here, 2016, 2015, there's a new Fed chair. So just like in 2018, we had a new Fed chair in Chairman Powell. 2015, we had a new Fed chair in Janet Yellen. The first thing the new Fed chair does is try to assert their authority, and they come out and raise rates and reduce liquidity. Fed on a tightening path in yellow. Market collapses in the first in December and really you know, unloads on the market, uh, on market participants in January and February of that year. Then Janet Yellen comes out and says, whoa, that's enough. That's enough. We're going to change our stance to easing. We're done raising rates. And the market rockets back. Just exactly like what's going on today, January and February. Then the market craters down to the 200-day moving average. See that green line there again? And it's trade issues again. Except for this time, it's the British exit. It catches everybody off guard. The market implodes. Guess why the market rocketed higher in here? Can you guess? You know what I'm about to say? It's because central banks came out after the collapse and said, don't worry, we're going to support the markets. We're going to add more liquidity. It's incredible. Look at that chart. Look at that chart. That's, that's today. That's 2015-2016. That's 18-2018-2019. Okay, you get my point. It's almost identical. Now, nothing in, in, in the market ever unfolds identically. So I'm not saying that it's a guarantee the market's going to be up the rest of the year. But it is worth noting that in 2016, the market was up all year because the Fed was adding liquidity. All around the world, central banks were adding liquidity to deal with the British, cri the, the British exit crisis and what it was going to do to the EU and blah, blah, blah. And so what we have today are central banks that are, are, are aware of Donald Trump's um, um, affinity for um, tariffs on any and all countries at any given time, and no one knows what's going to happen next. And so we have a slowing down of the economy. And that may happen all year, leading up to a bunch of trade deals right in front of an election as the economy starts to ramp again. I don't know if Trump's going to do that, but if he has a brain – that's what he's going to do. You know, the drumbeat of trade war right now, get closer to election, cut deals, be able to run on those deals that you've cut. All of a sudden, the economy starts to heat up again. All right. So I'm going to say to you today, like I said to you before many times, this market probably tops. It probably tops the day of a Chinese trade deal. Now, I don't know. Market could go up for a couple of days, could go up for a week or two. But in retrospect, when you look six months later and you look back, you're going to say, oh, my God, a major top formed the minute Trump cut a deal with China. And the reason is that if there's a real trade deal and economic growth comes back, central bankers will stop adding liquidity. I know it's perverse. It's the world we live in. Okay? It's not this world. You know what this is right here? Check that out. 
That's a megalodon tooth. I found that on the beach in, in Florida. Can you believe that? That's two, maybe two and a half million years old. I show you that just to put everything in perspective. You and I are trying to figure out what's going to happen tomorrow. Two and a half million years old. I found it on the beach, just walking down the beach. Total non sequitur, guys. I hope this has been helpful today. I look forward to talking to you guys again on Friday. We're going to talk about cannabis and some interesting portfolio structures that I'm putting in place right now. They may surprise you. Okay? If you've enjoyed this, please like it. It always helps me. Guys, subscribe. Okay? If I can get to 150 subscribers, we're going to do a free giveaway to those of you who are on my email list. So go to the website, rosenthalcapital.com, sign up for the email. It's Armor Reports, where I try to give you more quick, in-depth analysis into your email box when important things occur. Some of the things I talk about here, I condense it in a really a one-page email of information I think you, you really need to understand what's happening in the world, whether it's cannabis or in other issues. Um, so subscribe to that. And um, certainly comment. Let me know what you're thinking. I look forward to talking to you guys again on Friday. Take care.